Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon with Brandon Wild Pickups because Tony Baloney ain't here. Yeah, we're missing Big Tony. Uh, He's got some family stuff he's working on, so uh, we'll let him have a pass this time. But uh, we are really thrilled that you are listening to our show, the Guitar Knobs podcast. And we've got, as per usual, a very special guest. Uh, he's a repeat guest, which we also like because, you know, we got some familiarity and that tells us there's something new going on in that neck of the woods. That's um, right. So, hello, special guest. Who are you? My name is Gabriel, and I own Echo Park Guitars. Yay. All right. Gabriel Curry from Echo Park Guitars. We're stoked to have you back. Uh Thanks, guys. We had a double episode with you. It was you guys. We talked so much. We had to make two. Yeah, yeah. We, we, that was fun. It was good. And Eric was there. Yeah, please say hello to Eric for us. He, he was a blast. Yeah, I will. Yeah, he uh, he's uh, entertaining guests this evening. So he's doing all right cool. then. Yeah, he's good. He's uh, you know he's we've had our we've had our challenges the last couple of years, but uh, it's it's all good. You know. Good, good. Uh, and for those of you wondering what the heck we're talking about, you can go look up on wherever you're listening to this show at Look Up Echo Park, and you'll get a twofer. You get two episodes with that. And the person that we're referencing is... Eric's been with me for about uh, seven years now. We uh, brought him in to start designing and building amps with me. And uh, we've got about... Mm, six designs under our belt now. I've worked on a couple of new things this year. And uh, uh, one of those is actually out with uh, Charlie Starr and Blackberry Smoke as we speak. Oh, so uh, Awesome. Cool. I, yeah. Well, we'll have to uh, set up another one of these where we can get him on there. And, you know, I told Gabriel that, that we need to make our way out there at some point in time, maybe when some of this uh, COVID nonsense settles down. But um, anyways, please say hello to our friend Eric Forrest. Definitely, definitely. So uh, we just got a couple of quick announcements, and then we're going to get into uh, what's going on (coughs) in the music world this week, everybody. All right. Uh, We want a big thank you to... All right. Way to pick up where Tony left off, Jared. It took me a split second, but I got it. And Rode microphones are awesome. Yes, they are. So we got the Rode Procaster uh, microphone and the Rodecaster Pro, uh, right. f- which is uh, our little beautiful console. And we say a huge thank you to Rode for providing that top quality, outstanding audio equipment. We're, we're lucky to have it. So thank you, Rode. Also, I mentioned before we were struggling with it. We, you know, we got all of the episodes, I thought, on YouTube. And uh, there were a whole batch of them missing and the good people at Podbean were kind enough to say, yeah, all you got to do is do this. And guess what, everybody? Every single one of our episodes is now available to listen to on YouTube. And Yay! I say that in with just being able to say, ta-da, they're all there. Now, that said, look, our earlier episodes... <laughs> <laughs> they're a little bit rough that's all i'm you know we we didn't have the format down at the beginning that we do now so if you go back that far and you're listening to them you know just be kind and, and uh, don't judge we uh we found our way <laughs> yeah we had some we had some other good people on a long time ago so yeah we sure did so anyways those are available 
Um, and then uh, Jared, I think I think you got a question uh, in the mail, didn't you? I did, man. I got a I got a nice little piece of mail today, and it was from our new executive producer, John Jackson. That's right. He says, "Hey, man, I got a '70s SG with a tarback humbucker." And if and if you guys are wondering what's a tarback humbucker, man, it's a Gibson used epoxy back in the '70s, and they filled up their um their pickups with epoxy and it, it got rock hard and you can't get in to look at any of the technology of the pickup or anything like that. And, um, so I, I believe they were doing some new stuff and like gooping pedals then, right? Yeah. So you can never know what, you know, what's up with all, I mean, I know how to dig into it and get them out now, but it's, it's a really big pain in the butt. Anyhow, that's, that's what tarback is, and it's it's not really tar. It's just really hard black epoxy. Okay. And uh, so anyway, and that's not and that's not really having to do much with the question today. I just wanted to be informative. Thank you. But but he said long ago someone removed the screws, the pull screws, which are the adjust the six adjustable pull screws um, from the top of the pickup. And I've heard that this was a bit of the thing of the seventies and. And uh, which personally, I, you know, I was just a baby, but, but what they were trying to achieve and did it work. So he's asking me, what were they trying to achieve and did it work? And uh, the pickup he has yep. has been without screws for decades. And uh, we're talking about the top screws, right? Not the screws the that pull the screws, thing in. The top, right. You don't want to take those out or else it'll just fall off. But no, the actual pickup, the, the magnetized screws. There's six of them. They go on a humbucker and they go under the strings. Right. Uh, on a standard humbucker. And he doesn't he doesn't want to mess with it, I guess, because I guess he likes it. But and he asked me what I think. Well, this is what I know. Um, it's an incomplete pickup, and you're not you're not getting the full tone of the pickup. You're you're getting one side, and it's probably kind of a much darker sound than it could be because you don't you don't have the other coil activated um, with with steel slugs, which are in the form of screws that are directly under the strings. Right. Is it still humbucking? Yes, it is. But you're it's it's probably a little darker um, than what it could be. So so that's something that I I've, I've heard as a mod for like if you want if you have a a neck pickup that sounds maybe muddy or um, too well, just muddy, I guess you could say, um, or too fat or something like that, that you can take your, those screws out and it will essentially brighten up the pickup. Well, it'll, it'll be less fat. Yeah. And yeah, it won't, not, maybe it not won't, brighten it. Maybe that's not the word, but like you it's, said, less it's fat. not as full. It's not as full. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. sound complete. And to my ears, it'll sound incomplete. And I'll say, what's wrong with this thing? It's missing the screws. Right. But, uh, you so, know, to each their own. If, if, if they, they like, like the sound, like, leave them out. If they if like don't, the sound. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. But he could always put some new ones in and it'll be like new. It's not going to harm anything. Yeah, but don't put wood screws in. No, they won't work. <laughs> you got well, actually gabriel's probably tr probably found out a way to make wood screws work in those things but uh, right um 
Well, that was a great question. I we really appreciate the, uh, him sending that in. So thank you so much. And if you guys have other questions like that, we do get them. Uh, we if we like, and we'll we'll read it. Uh, we'll read it out and try to answer it for you as best we can. Um, we certainly don't know everything, but we'll give it a good old swing. And fortunately, yeah. you know, uh, I definitely don't know most of the stuff. But between Tony and Jared and whomever our guest is, and Gabriel in this case, we can usually an- get most of the stuff answered. So um, they, they know an awful lot. So there you have it. Um, all right. Let's a uh, quick, fast talk about what's going on in our music world this week. Uh, we're going to start with Jared and then, uh, we'll head on over to, uh, Gabriel real quick. Um, yeah, so I've got, I've got a Marshall amp and everybody knows I have a couple of Marshall amps. Um, and the one I'm going to talk today about today is a 1973, uh, JMP, a hundred watt. Um, and it was modded. So if you plug it in on the top the top left input, it's a clean, nice, nice, good, clean sound, like a traditional, like it's supposed to sound. And then if you plug it in on the bottom jack, right directly under it, it's it's like got it sounds like it has three gain stages on it. You know, it sounds like a like a modded slash amp, and it's just fantastic. And the other day I was I I had it plugged into that modded and it just I had this weird hiss and it it was it was as if I had three different preamps turned up all the way but the guitar was turned down you know all the way so you had all this hiss and I I didn't know what it was and then some time went on and the hiss went away and and I don't I don't know if that was in the amp or if it, if it were in a if it were in a, a pedal of mine or some sort of, I don't know why it happened. And I don't know if I want to try you, to find did out you why you try it playing happened. it without your pedal board. Yeah. Did it still hiss? Oh no, no, no. I didn't at that moment. I didn't try oh, I to play it without the pedal board. I wish I would have, man. Cause I, try it I wish I would have, cause all this time went by and I, I, so I don't know how I came up with all that hiss. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I'm just hoping it was not the amp, because now the amp works a, awesome. Yeah, that could have been a power surge or something. Like that. Yeah, surge. you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It could have been like a power surge or maybe a, a you know a grounding connection in your pedal board or something like that. Were you were you were you practicing your Angus Young or uh, Pete Townsend? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Both at the same time, yeah. In no, those you're right. You're right. You know, stuff like that can happen. You know, you can trip over stuff and knock stuff about and, you know, make a little... Especially with my big feet, man. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what uh, they say. Yeah, Yeah. he's got big socks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, well, yeah, you'll have to... If that happens again, you have to bring it back up and maybe we can talk about it a little bit more. You'll have to talk to Eric about that actually he knows all about old marshalls he's a old marshall fanatic from the old marshall days so oh yeah yeah Yeah, i'd have to have him take a look at it one of these days man yeah he would be happy to undo that mod for you because no okay well well, you go ahead gabriel what were you saying 
Oh, I was just saying, you know, we, 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 we kind of, uh, we come from the school of like purity. So like all of our marshals and boxes and silver tones and whatever else we have laying around is pretty straight up stock. We, we, we try to we kind of reverse engineer all our stuff anyways. So we, we, we like to keep it pretty stock, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, I I've got all my other Marshalls are just bone stock, untouched. I've got some nice clean vintage ones that I'll I'll never mod, but this one, cool. this one came mod and it sounds so good. It's like, oh, I never want to lose this sound. That, that's the one you got at the guitar show, right? Yeah, I yeah. got it from yeah, I got it from the guy you used to play around Cleveland. The eighty one, I think, you, if I recall correctly. I bought oh that was a cab, oh. but I. I I bought a 73 and I bought two 1977 JMPs That's as well. That's right. That's right. So three yeah, amps total. Yeah. Yeah. The later 70s JMPs are just amazing. I mean, that's Angus Young, you know. Yeah. To the yeah. That's like uh, Power Rage era, ACDC. Pretty much JCM made hundreds, you know. The, J, the just, late. Yeah. Go right into the. Definitely, definitely the predecessors for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Uh, Gabriel, how about you? What's going on in your music? I can't even say that. Your music world. Oh, my music world. Um, actually, in my music world, nothing. But in a bunch of my friends' music worlds, a lot of stuff. There's, there's actually. Uh, we saw our friends Blackbird Smoke at a little at a little uh, um, a drive-in gig in Pittsburgh uh, last weekend. We drove down to Pittsburgh to see them. And um, you know, Charlie got a new a new toy or two, actually. Cool. And uh, it was in, it was interesting to 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 be out and about again, and and uh, to see that kind of um, you know just to mingle with friends and to hear live music again in a in an interesting setting. And uh, we had a great time. You know, I, I was talking to actually Jackson Brown called me yesterday, just kind of out of the blue, and he's. He's kind of like an uncle to me. Um, my dad and him go back a ways to like the '60s and Highland Park in Los Angeles, where I grew up. And and uh, we were just talking. He was driving back from Phoenix. Um, he was doing. He, I guess his son had a new a new child, so he's a he's a new granddad. And and uh, we were talking about the the rigors of uh, this new this new uh, stage of you know, life that's upon us all and how we're kind of all getting through it and what the plan is to forge ahead with live music and, and, uh, you know, taking precautions and being, you know, he, he was struck with COVID early on oh, and, really? uh, yeah. Cause he did what he did a big gig in New York, like right around February or March. And, uh, he, he was, I think one of the first artists to contract it early on and uh, so he he rested and got over it, but he you know he's he's doing well. He's he's being well, and uh, he's he's, uh, he's he's gotten over it and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, we were just you know reminiscing and just kind of making plans new stuff. He's got a new album coming out. Um, it, actually, it's done already. So they're just kind of trying to plan you know how to release it, and we we're just discussing you know what what the new what the new normal is in the music world, <laughs> mm. you know? 
and what that what that's going to look like for guys like him, you know, that are used to playing large venues and traveling in big buses and and things like that, and and how that's going to go down. Because um, I think last night there was a, a, a gig. I think there was the Ryman Theater. Uh, Blackbird Smoke did a thing with uh, with uh, with a, a couple of guys out there, and they did like a podcast or a live stream i believe it was um and it was it was interesting you know i got a chance to see a little bit of it and it's definitely weird yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's weird it's strange it's like watching pbs telethon kind of thing or something <laughs> i don't know or a yeah. it's, it's weird uh, yeah, I also uh, I, I also went to a drive-in presentation, uh, and it was a live show, and it it was it was like going to the movie, except for the guy was there and he was just on the big screen. Yeah, you know that's basically yeah. what it was. I mean, there was he was in a little tent, and you kind of saw where he was in a little tent live, but he his face was on the screen and he had effects behind it. Um, Mark uh, Rula, uh, Rub- Rubule is his name. Yeah. He's a, um, he's not a guitar guy. So anyway, Mark Rubule, he's actually a, yeah, a looper, guys, loop God. Yeah. Mm. Uh, looper. Yeah. These guys had like a, a, a semi truck with a fold out stage and the whole backdrop and the PA system and the whole, it was, it was, it was pretty complete. It looked you know, like a normal gig, except there was a barricade about 30 feet out and everybody was just tailgating. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It, it, it was it was kind of cool in a weird way, and I like I kind of liked it because there was nobody lingering around, you know, the the people that I'm normally, you know, hanging out with, and so it was nice to kind of have that intimacy with friends and, and that yeah. kind of thing. But but you know, it was I mean, everybody was well behaved. There wasn't any ruckus, you know, rowdiness or anything like that, and it was it was cool, you know. So nice, just. Mm-hmm different you know but it was definitely you know interesting to to, to check out so but uh right on you know well uh in my music world I yeah what about a, you Tom? i had a lot going yeah. on i'm not going to get into all of it and i'll save it for maybe uh you know future ones because it'll still be my music world moving up uh moving then but uh uh, I was experiencing I was I was actually a little bit scared because I was having terrible ringing in my ears and I was like, oh no um, <laughs> and uh, it was it was I was really getting worried because I thought it was uh, tinnitus also called tinnitus um, uh, mm. apparently the correct pronunciation is tinnitus but uh, um, which is a permanent ringing in your ears. And, um, I think, uh, I mean, well, there's several musicians that, that suffer from that. Actually, I, I can't imagine having to live with it because it just never stops. And I was getting pretty worried. What was interesting is I would have, a, it would go from one ear and then it would jump over to the other. And I was like, what the heck is this? And, uh, I've, I, you know, I've, I've been pretty careful about not punishing my ears, but you know, everybody's it got a different threshold. When in I, I saw my doctor, because I was like, I'm a little bit worried about this. Is I don't want this to be permanent. Please say it's not permanent. And he he said, you said it, you got it in one ear and then the other. And I said, yeah. And he said, that's that sounds more like you've you've got some sinus stuff going on. 
you probably are just experiencing allergies. Here's some nasal spray. And it's like, bing, cleared. <laughs> so whew, escaped that one, at least for now. Uh, so so if, if you are experiencing ringing in your ears, you may only be suffering from allergies and it'd be worth uh, talking to your doctor about. There you go. That's very musical. Yeah, because uh, it's uh, you got to protect those ears, people. I know That's it's right. so cool to hear hear the rock and roll blasting. There's nothing better than just hearing a guitar ripping through a super loud amp. I mean, there just isn't. Um, but at don't do it at the cost of uh, you going mad later with ringing in your ears. So be mindful, people. And my father's got that really badly from probably from me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and my and my marshals growing up as a you know a young man and. Los Angeles, you know, he, uh, he was a big fan of the loud stuff, you know? Yeah. It's, it's so. so hard not to, especially if you're, um, if you're trying to like hone in on a special tone and you're going, well, if I turn it down and I have, and if you turn the amp down, you're not getting the juice. If you don't have the juice, you got to rely on the pedals to help with more of that juice. Now, that's cool if you're, in your, if you're in your room in your basement and you can get that, that, that dirt that you're seeking potentially if that is in fact what you're trying to do. But as soon as you go to a show and you, and you jump up you know, a couple clicks on your volume, that shifts the gain and the power uh, that your amp is producing, which is going to, you know, that hitting the drive pedals, now it's going to sound even more drivey and that may not be what you want to do. So it's it's kind of hard. You kind of, it's tricky business. But uh, anyways, hey, we want to say a big fat thank you to John Finnell because uh, this is where we're doing the uh, the podcast. At least I am while Tony and Jared are safely at their homes avoiding the COVIDs. Uh, John has been uh, very helpful in keeping our uh, studio-ness, whatever this is, afloat. Um, and uh, he is an, he is exemplary at honing in on awesome guitar tone. Uh, he's done that for me, for my own personal band, and many, many bands around here and, uh, and elsewhere. Uh, he, he travels to record, too. Uh, he's a guitar player, so he tries to... Tries to understand what you want, not impose what he wants. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can hit johnfintle.com, hit him up. And uh, we're at a relayrecording.com here. So thanks, John. All right. Gabriel Curie of Echo Park Guitars. Uh, What's going on? What do you got new? What's What's happening? Tell us stuff. Oh, stuff, 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 stuff. Um... We've been we've been kind of working on a bunch of new designs, a bunch of new marketing stuff, a, a, a ton of like video content actually, which awesome. is something rare for me, like official stuff. Um, really, uh, I had this epiphany a while back and thought, well, no, you know, I don't like doing like video stuff. I hate like being on camera. I don't like you know. I don't like being the spokesman for my thing. I just don't. I never have. Um, and so I, I, I was kind of not really looking, but just kind of, you know, thinking about it. And, and uh, one of the cats that I've been working with over the last few years with a car, uh, I finally got the thing. And 
the dude's kid, uh, his, name, his name is Cody, uh, came up, you know, came up to, to Detroit from Pittsburgh and we got to hanging out and the guy's just a phenomenal player and just the nicest guy and just a young affable, uh, he, he's actually a producer down in, in Pittsburgh and, um, we got to talking and I thought, wow, this guy's really got a great handle on this, on this whole kind of playing thing. And he's got a really nice personality. And, and so I hit him up and said, Hey, you know, would you be into like maybe helping me do some content? And he said, sure. You know, and we wound up doing a thing uh, where we started interviewing guys that I've worked with over the years and um, via zoom and him doing some and demos and some tutorials and some lessons and some um you know just interesting things like introducing beats into a mix using old amps and going through you know doing loopers and that kind of thing but uh, more about uh, the art of making music where it comes from the inspirations um and how to you know just uh, technical stuff as well but more about the more about the heart of it you know that's cool and um it's really amazing. So we, we got to, uh, actually, uh, I called, uh, my friend Jack Douglas a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, I got this idea and he said, yeah, let's do it. So, so we did a zoom meeting with him. It wound up being a two and a half hour interview that we'll be, you know, we're editing right now. And then the next guy was you, JD, JBD. And, um, and then, uh, We've got David Catching, we've got uh, Troy Van Leeuwen, we've got Charlie Starr, we've got Raul Pacheco, um, you know, uh, hopefully we're going to get Don Was and Jeff Bass and, you know, just a bunch of cats that really have a lot of road time on it. They've dealt with their, with their specific, um, uh, you know, the jobs that they do in this industry, yeah. you know, and I kind of wanted to get to like, you know, not just shred videos or how you know none of that stuff i don't even want to talk about echo park guitars necessarily it's about the use and and um inspiration behind making music and and and, cr and crafting you know with these tools that we provide and uh so that's going really well that you sounds know, we, fantastic we, man i yeah I, I would love to sit there and watch that um it's a that sounds like a just a really great concept and Fortunately, you know, for, for those who are not familiar with Gabriel and Echo Park uh, guitars, um, you've probably seen them in the hands of some of your favorite players. You just named a couple of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, just a, a, a little bit of background before we uh, keep going. Uh, Gabriel, can you give everybody just sort of the, I guess, the, the overview of, of what you do and where you do it and who you do it for? Sure. Thanks. Um, I, I handcraft guitars and, uh, you know, you know, we do amplifiers and effect pedals as well, but we've been doing it for about 10 years now, actually our anniversary, 10 year anniversary was uh, a couple of months ago. And, um, yeah, thank you. We survived. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, we, you know, when I started doing guitars in the 80s and early 80s, I started just kind of like everybody else, just kind of, you know, tearing them apart and putting them back together. And and one thing led to another, and I wound up here. But um, over, the, over the last few years, I've really tried to create stuff out of unique 
timbers, old timbers primarily, and just kind of, you know, everything's already been done. So really where I kind of wanted to land with my thing was more uh, um, kind of an alchemist, you know, in terms of combining different woods and different uh, pickup combinations and stuff like that and just trying to make unique sounding and looking and feeling uh, instruments more than anything. Um, and so that's kind of across the board what we do with everything. You know, we, we kind of just take the palette of vintage stuff and vintage-inspired kind of stuff and, and, and you know, put, put, a new, put a new stamp on it. Um, uh, everything that I own in terms of collection or stuff that I like to play is pretty much vintage stuff. So, uh, it all kind of comes from that DNA. Yeah. Um, well, and just, you know, uh, for, if, if you're sounding, if you are listening to this and you're like, I actually, that sounds like a really intriguing story. Let me hear more. That's where you can go check out those first two episodes because we go deep, deep, deep into where you started. I mean, the full-blown origin story, which is really fantastic to hear. So I highly encourage everybody to to go check those out. Um, now, you mentioned that, you know, everything's been done, uh, which, uh, you know, I guess you could argue that point, but you put uh, you put a specific kind of thing on the things that have, you know, quote unquote, been done before that I, I do believe make them very unique still. And I, I don't think your guitars really, you know, some of them look f familiar, but they definitely have a thing of their own. And, uh, you know, I would say in, we, you know, we, I think we talked about this before, but they have kind of, um, kind of an old soul built into them they don't they don't you know you don't go in for the full like relicy thing but they they just feel like like they got something else in there yeah i mean i uh you know i mean when i gosh man when i started building it was just um there wasn't a whole lot you know to kind of draw from in terms of like i i guess ivan as it just started really getting 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 crazy with the with the you know and jackson you know with the newer kind of stuff back in the 80s but i always liked supros and uh, airlines you know that kind of stuff and yeah and uh, i always wanted those to play a lot better than they did you know i always you know you pick up an old um, like a ventures model most right and and you you want it to be not you know you want it to be nicer and play better and sound better and act behave better and they just never did you know there was always just yeah. things about those styles of guitars that kind of f fell away and, and and it was kind of disappointing because you know those that's most of the stuff that i could like afford <laughs> most of us wound up you know kind of leaning on but um i really you know as as i grew older and started thinking about like what i wanted to do when i grew up i i thought well it'd be nice to to take this idea you know, these kind of like there was a there was a cat named Exner back in the forties that that worked for Chrysler, and he was a designer, and he's the guy that's responsible for the 
the big shark fins on the Cadillacs and all that kind of stuff. You know, he was oh, yeah, responsible for, yeah. you know, he was, you know, a, a cat. And, and I wound up reading up on him at some point in my youth and, and really kind of gravitating towards that style, you know, and, and really looking at and appreciating the, the just the imagination and, and the, the time it takes to kind of, you know, craft something with lines that really are, are you know, sexy for, for lack of a better way to put it. And I didn't see that a lot in guitars. You know, yeah. I saw like, you know, different kind of two dimensional stuff. And, you know, there's always something sexy about a carved top or whatever, but like just the, the waist and all that, of course, it's derived from, you know, the female body. But, um, I kind of wanted to to accentuate other aspects of the the, the two dimensional, you know, design and get it to be more three dimensional, you know. And I was always a big fan of like Japanese artwork and and uh, wabi sabi, you know, the, the 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 philosophy behind that, you know, which is basically everything has the most perfect things have imperfections in them, you know. And and my my dad was a painter and a potter and and. Uh, and so I kind of grew up in a Nick sort of household and uh, I never really wanted to do anything CNC perfect. You know, I always yeah. thought that that was cheating, you know, to some degree. And you so to have some, you know, some character, like s- tiny little imperfections. I think I, it's kind of like a live song, you know, listening to the records. Great. But you're going to listen to the same version over and over and over again. Yeah, but instead a, you'd rather go to a concert and hear it just a little bit different. You know? Yeah, and that's the beauty of that's the beauty of of, of uh, s- s- having a set of of, of um, you know um, uh, palettes that you work from and being able to kind of mix and match as you go along. You know, and yeah. that's something that I kind of as I have always done freely and and. Um, couple of years ago before we left LA I started putting together the designs of the, what I call the direct tone series which is DT series for short and um, they're more kind of stamped out kind of versions of, of what I've done you know yeah. and and more affordable that kind of thing and, and um, I, I like them but I really derive a lot of pleasure from crafting and, and sculpting lines and, and being free to kind of, you know, co- combine different pickups and different woods and different fretboards and different, you know, uh, other uh, accoutrements, if you will, you know, hardware and tremolos and that kind of thing and, and experimenting with nut materials and different fret sizes and shapes and, you know, radiuses and all that kind of stuff. And then always trying to kind of craft something that's complementary to, to an individual, you know, um, I recently, uh, sent a guitar to, to, um, Richard Fortas and, uh, and it's something that I had been wanting to do for a long time. And I just started building the thing and I thought, who, who, you know, oftentimes I'll build something and in, in the course of building it, I'll think who is the person that, that would really, that this fits, you know, that's cool. Who, who, who does this belong to, you know, really? And, uh, and we had, I had, I had built a flying V for him a couple of years ago. And so we, we, you know, we remained friends and all that kind of stuff. And, and he's just a sweetheart of a guy and just a brilliant player, brilliant musician, period. And, uh, I called him up and said, Hey, I got 
this thing you want to check it out and so i sent him some pictures and he just he's like i could hear his jaw dropping you know it's great so well he's he's got that that guitar in particular um that's when you know when you called me up we started talking about that one immediately because that same that same guitar like when you posted a picture i actually i think i might have actually said my comment might have been sound of jaw hitting floor, something along those lines, I think I said, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. Um, w- when we were talking, and I just want to hang here a little bit more because I think that your guitars deserve this, uh, is that um, it, we talked about how, like, you know, when you see, when you see your, you know, think about your favorite rock star or whatever, or, or like, you know, Keith, you know, Keith Richards or somebody from uh, any one of the guys from Queens of Stone Age or whomever it might be. Um, and they, they have a look that they own that seems so totally natural. And it's, it's all just kind of hodgepodge, but it, they figure it out with, and they're, oh, they're not afraid if things technically don't match or don't go together or something like that, right? And, and it works. And if you tried to manufacture that or tried to dress somebody up for that occasion, you can tell, you can just tell that it's not authentic and it, and it feels off or, or not, or or just wrong. Uh, You know, many of the guitars that you build have that extra inherent panache that lets you own that without it being forced. Yeah, um, idiosyncratic, you know. Um, I, I mean, that's that's one way to put it. I, I, you know, like I said before, it's all kind of been done before, so I, I try to do stuff that hasn't been done before uh, uh, while, while, while just making a, a good guitar, you know, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it, you know. Um, neck shapes are really important to me, Uh how how the thing is crafted is really important to me. The glues are really important to me. Uh, you know, all the all the little things are, are just very important. You know, it's it's devils in the details. So yeah. And you know, that said, it's 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 not it's not easy for everybody to to, to get behind it. You know, there's a lot of people that that are used to the cookie cutter, you know, produced method of stuff that's available on the marketplace and they want the same steak every night cooked the same way at the same restaurant or they want the same guitar that looks the same way in the catalog is you know i mean like there's a certain expectation when it comes to commercial products that we've been so like just we've been so conditioned to like want the same thing all the time every day the same way and i loathe that mentality i just i can't so so i've had problems with people in the past because of that you know and 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 you know hey it's par for the course you know it's uh you can't you can't please everybody not everybody's gonna get what i do and i don't expect anybody really to understand me or any of that stuff i totally get it i it's it's like todd in the stratocaster he just you know he doesn't like that, and that. Why is that, Todd? Is it is it be- well partially? Okay, there's two things, and I've touched on this before, and I won't dwell. Number one is because I just I feel like I've seen it too much, 
And so right. it doesn't interest me. Uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not pe- piggybacking on what Gabriel just said. I've said that before. Um, and it just, it doesn't have, it doesn't hold my interest at all. And I, when I hold it and I try to play it, it is so not the way that I, it's not the right tool for me. It just isn't the type that the st- how I play and what that is don't work together. It's like milk and onions, you know? Yeah. I don't know why I thought of that, but I don't ever want to have those two things together. So that's just me. That doesn't mean strats aren't awesome and people shouldn't. I'm, if, you know, I, I'm definitely not saying that. It's just me, my own self personally. And and it's just become a running joke on the show. There, so. There's millions and millions of different colors and styles of strats. But it's, you know, the what Gabriel does, I... I like how he's he has history with Fender, but yet now he's, you know, Gabriel. You're you've like grown into your own design, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean that that's you know that that kind of thing. Um, when when I was you know working there and and for Leo all the, you know that time, I kind of knew like okay, this is going to end you know pretty quickly probably because he was at his last stages of, of existence but every day was like I, had, I was milking every every shaving of sawdust you know <laughs> like it was just yeah. you know and 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 for a long time um for like maybe 10 years after that you know i kind of carried it around with me i literally had and and have and own um, uh, a 1968 uh, Trisonic R&D prototype that that I found in his in his office uh, the day that I left. The guys there that, that own the place, the, the McLarens, allowed me to go into his office and kind of have a moment. And when I, I found up in this little storage space an old uh, prototype body and uh, set it templates and uh, at the time i just i put them in a case and brought them down and said hey i found this junk in there you mind if i didn't so they let me have it i away i went but um and, and you can hear this- that full story again on the previous <laughs> episode <laughs> yes and it is and it's the truth yeah so that was uh that was about three years you know that was about three years and uh and 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 uh and since then, you know, I've just done so many different things with so many different people, and and I mean, you can all, the you know not knocking any of that. That is that is our heritage and our tradition and and the foundation in which we stand. Um, that in the Orville traditions, um, but I kind of wanted to to explore other things, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and kind of, it's sort of like writing songs in a weird way, you know, it's sort of like producing music, you know, you want to, you want to try everything basically, you know, and I kind of use guitar making as my, as my canvas in a weird way, you know, yeah. I don't really, I don't really, I, I've tried to like, okay, I'm just going to do six models. And then it's twelve. Yeah. <laughs> it's like eighteen, you know. And I just I I'm, and I'm super like 
um, unsatisfied with, with things, not, not disappointed or anything like that. But once I finish something and I've made like three or four of them, I'm kind of done with it and I want to do something else. So it's really hard for me to like hit repeat a lot. So I'll do a lot of things that are like, what have you been experimenting with most? Do you think if you can narrow it down to like, maybe, you know, like your, is it finishes? Is it, is it uh, headstock shapes, neck shapes, hardware? Is there something that you've kind of gravitated towards lately that you've been pushing further? Um, lately, lately it's been two things. It's been, um, the, it's, uh, this, uh, when we moved to Detroit, I ran into a cat that, um, that had a stash of old wood and this wood was pulled out of, uh, Lake, uh, Lake, uh, uh, I think it was Lake Michigan uh, over in Muskegon. And, uh, these were logs that had sunk into the bottom of the, of the river, um, in the 1860s when they were cut down and logged. Um, prior to that from, like the beginning of the 1800s up until the mid 1800s, it was a logging boom because they had to build out for after the Chicago fire and the San Francisco fire and building out the railroads and all the shanty towns for the gold linings and the gold rush and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, uh, this place in particular, Northern Michigan was, was uh, one of the, one of the primary sources for, for white, pine and that was considered the the premium building timber other than uh douglas fir because it's so straight because it's the 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 tinsel strength on it was so it was lightweight very hard and very easy to to work um kind of like kind of like douglas fir in a sense um Anyways, uh, I kind of knew about this history. One of the things, one of the reasons that we moved to Detroit in particular was because I knew that there was a source of raw materials that was abundant, that I wanted to transition out of using uh, rainforest materials at some point and get into using, you know, more North American hardwoods uh, primarily. And so I, I just happened to one of the architects that I started working with uh, initially here on, the, on my building, um, his partner one is a wood whore, basically, and uh, a young guy that doesn't really play guitar or anything like that that had an 80,000 square foot building packed to the rafters with old logs and milled woods and just all just crazy all kinds of stuff. And so we, we became fast friends, of course. And um, he took me down to where he got the stuff, and it's actually uh, the uh, the Charles Hackley Mill in Muskegon, um, which is on the west side of the state, and it is one of the oldest mills, one of the oldest and the largest commercial mills in the state, and you know in the country back then for sure. But uh, so I started thinking about it and started wondering what this stuff actually sounded like, and so we we sliced stuff a few logs uh well a few trees actually and and put them in the kiln for a couple of years and last year i pulled them out and started milling them for for you know for bodies and stuff and the first one that i made the second that i knocked on it i could feel the thing just ring like a bell <laughs> and I thought, well, that's awesome okay <laughs> yeah it just and i and i and i 
I called my wife and I said, you got to come over and listen to this. And she's like, yeah, whatever, you know, it's, right. you know, and then, and then I think I called a few other people, one of which was Charlie another another of which was, um, uh, I think Joe Perry, a couple other guys and just kind of started talking about this stuff. And, and then I made, I made the first one like last year and we did a kind of a documentary film about it. And, um, we're working on, on re, uh, recutting it now but uh i thought well this is something unique and interesting that that really nobody's tapping into right now because they can't because it's here you know and 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 there's still this like kind of dark cloud over detroit and people are still kind of afraid of it which i think is great you know um so i started you know buying stuff up as much as i could and we actually have a dredge up in northern michigan right now that we're that we're uh hot we, that we've hired to start pulling trees out of the water so i am wanting to just kind of move in that direction um i just sent off one to uh to a pretty well-known guy that i think uh, i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to his name just yet but uh it's in new york and he lives in connecticut and uh they're working on a new project right now probably going to be one of their last but uh um my friend matt sweeney called me last uh last february and said hey i need to buy this guy a gift because he did a show for me and it was like um uh, he matt sweeney uh he did a show called guitar moves yeah. on noisy yeah. and one of his one of his guests is the recipient into this uh this piece and uh, well he was also playing bass uh with uh, on on iggy pop's last uh last album with uh josh shami right mm -hmm. yeah yeah he does a lot of the desert session stuff with josh he's a wonderful uh musician all the all the way around he's you know got great faculty and guitar bass drums he's an arranger he does beats all kinds of stuff but he works with like primarily uh african musicians and does a lot of world music in new york and he's worked with like Patti smith and bob dylan and yeah. he's just he's one of these guys that you never hear about ever but he's all over the place uh, while you're and, speaking uh, on him real quickly i would advise anybody who like who likes to watch great guitar content on on youtube guitar moves uh i think specifically the one uh it, it, it's a fantastic episode it's a short series he's meeting up with uh keith richards and uh he's asking him about his you know why he doesn't use his his low e and, and keith richards said get says well give me your guitar and i'll show you and he and he pulls it off and you could just see like you know matt's just looking at him like I, this is fantastic i can't believe like Keith Richards is destroying my guitar and this is, this is worth it. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's good stuff. So anyways, uh, that's a different, that's the Matt Sweeney podcast, wherever that is. Um, back, back to Gabriel. Uh, when we were talking on the phone earlier, you said, I got a lot of new stuff going on. And I know that you mentioned some of it. Um, as far as like the, 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 uh, video series that you're working yeah. on, which sounds awesome. What else do you got going on? Uh, we designed some new pedals this year. One is a, a, a new analog delay. It's really simple, very simple pedal, but it just sounds like the front end of a, of a, of a 
you know, if it's hate delay, you know, it sounds, it's, it's amazing. We, we, uh, uh, we just came out with a new dual overdrive pedal. That's uh, one side is a more of a clean kind of natural drive. And the other is just kind of like right in your face kind of thing. And you can combine either or both together. Uh, we designed a new amplifier this year called the Clint 25. And the really amazing thing the about Clint? that is that, the the Clarence the Clarence, oh, the Clarence 25. twenty five oh yeah gotcha. yeah 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 clap the Clarence twenty five <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, solid state rectified so it stays really tight it doesn't get very spongy which which I in a smaller lower wattage amps I always kind of didn't like that you know I always wanted the sound kind of bold and kind of tight and and, and robust and so I wanted to kind of combine some of the stuff that, w- that was going on in the brown era with some of the blackface era stuff. Mm. And so we came up with a, a 266 design that uh, just, t- you know, volume and tone um, and just really compact and just, you know, really does does the job well. So it's a 25-watt? It's, uh, it's a 25-watt combo, and it's got... Um, I like that. It's got, it's got nice headroom. It doesn't really... It doesn't really get too sizzly, but it does. If you want to, if you want to live in in ZZ Top land, it does that for sure really well. Um, it does like really, you know, kind of a, with a little overdrive in front of it, you can get Gary Moore and all that kind of stuff. Sure, so it's, it's, sure. it's a really, really nice little tone machine. Uh, Charlie Starr actually has the first one out on the road right now with the guys. Uh, we started doing hardwood cabinets too so we're doing um a cabinets made from african walnut very beautiful uh kind of the same design that i've always done with the chamfered front edge mm-hmm. um you know of the baltic bridge baffles same speakers we're using the, the wgs uh, 75 watt alnicos that are um, custom designed and built for us and mm-hmm. they just they they're the best Al Nico speaker I've ever heard, and we've heard a lot of speakers. <laughs> yeah. What does and, the um, hardwood get you in your cabinets? Uh, it it kind of it actually, you know, Tolex and plywood, they're great for traveling pieces. You know, they they hold up to the breakers of the road, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I wanted to do something that was unique again i wanted to do something since i have a, a lot of wood a lot of cool beautiful exotic stuff that i just have i figured i'd, I'd have a go at, at making a few things out of it and it just turned out to be sonically superior mm-hmm. as well um the good designs, for the, like uh, the studio and your and and just a, a a nice house uh piece yeah yeah great great for great for all that stuff i mean you know obviously beautiful to look at and all that kind of stuff but we we finished in the lacquer as well so they actually they kind of have a tone i sound stupid but i know but uh (laughs) the boxes themselves are resonant i wanted to do something like an old hi-fi kind of speaker cabinet you know where where the bass response and the mid-range and all the frequencies were present without anything 
being sacrificed, you know, uh, Tolex eats up a lot of the resonance, you know, when you cover an amp with anything, it kind of dampens it. So you, it's not as lively. It's not as, it's, it's not as percussive, you know, and I wanted this, I wanted, I wanted something that, that really sounded alive. And, uh, and so we started, we, we made a few with the, with the, the little low watt guys, the little five watt uh, producer amps that we do, which have a little eight in speaker and they're five watts um and they just sounded like cannons you know they just they just amazing it was like a champ on steroids you know kind of thing um and um so once 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 we started building them like that i just thought well you know i'm just gonna let all the tolex stuff kind of run out we're just gonna do this from now on you know cool Um, cool limited edition well, yeah, I mean, the limited edition, but I think we're going to continue making them the way they are. I think we may experiment with other wood types, but but essentially we're just going to make wood boxes from now on for the amps, you know? Cool. Yeah, it, it is. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like doing pickups, you know? I'm always, Jared knows. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm always searching, you know, always listening and always wanting to pair up different things so that, so that there's a definite, uh, there's a definite range of voices that the instrument itself can, can produce, you know, right. aside, aside from just the organic, you know, uh, wood itself and the hardware and the nut and all that kind of stuff doing what they do, uh, using combinations of woods like Karina and Koa and, you know, Brazilian or Ebony or whatever for, for bodies and necks and so forth and chambering and whatnot. All those things are just the, the, the guitar itself. And they, they have, you know, the, the, the aspects of the different things, that you, the different ways that you can kind of not just tweak it, but really refine it you know, with, with magnets and different wire and winds and, you know, whether you pot the pickups or not pot them and all those different things, you know, and, and, and it's such a wonderful, uh, it's, it's great to have people that you can work with that, that really understand what you're trying to get and are willing to, to take the time and and experiment with you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing that I really, enjoy doing with with pickup yeah it's it's a lot of fun just doing the you know uh, just finding it just the search and the hunt uh alone is exciting and fun to do so um yeah i mean it's it's been i don't know a few years that we've been working together and um it never gets old because we're always coming up with a new idea and a new combination. Yeah. That's the stuff, man, you know, really, um, being able to take the foundation and tweak it, you know, being yep. able to take the, the, the stuff that we already know is proven and that sounds good and try this magnet or try this amount of wines or try this, yeah. you know, just try different stuff and just, you know, cause what's the point of just doing the same old thing? You yeah. know, I don't, yeah. I don't kind of, I don't understand that. It's not, it's not very inspiring to just do the status quo. You know, on that note, I want to know from you because I, 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 you know, in speaking with you several times now, 
I know that you are a person who is driven by, um, you know, the thing that, that you can't really put your finger on. Uh, and that is inspiration. Yeah. Where are you? Is there something that, that kind of is, uh, is un, in your craw right now, inspiration wise, is there something that's driving or, or is the fuel for that inspiration right now? Um, like I said before, there was this cat, um, in the forties, his name was Exner and, um, he, uh, he kind of, he re really revolutionized, you know, um, the, the auto industry in terms of design and, and features and stuff like that. Um, and what I've been, what's really been inspiring me lately is those kinds of lines. And so I've been actually kind of contemplating just doing, uh, uh, um, uh, a select, um, kind of collection of models that are called the Exter models. Ah. And, um, Troy's already got one. Joe's got one. Um, our friend Richard Fortis has one. There's a few other guys. Uh, 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 Brendan Benson has one. Troy uh, Van Leeuwen and Joe Perry, just in case anybody hasn't picked up on that yet. But go ahead. Who? Yeah. 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 So I started doing these these kind of like German carved, kind of clawfoot looking, you know, s stylings and thought, well, you know what? Instead of doing like the, the bell carved top kind of thing, which there's plenty of just amazing luthiers out there that just kind of blow me away <laughs> all the time. You know, it's every day a new one's cropping up. But I wanted to do something that was very much 1940s, 1930s kind of lines. You know, I really love the Art Deco uh, period of, in this country. And, and, you know, living in Detroit now, you get to see, I oh, yeah. get to enjoy all that actual architecture downtown. And so I've actually had the, the good fortune to, to meet, uh, uh, Ted McCarty's grandson, actually, he's, he's here. And, um, and he's got a bunch of paperwork and a bunch of design books and all kinds of stuff from, from those guys. Um, it's so just so that's kind of what I've been doing the last year is just compiling this these designs and uh, so then that the next couple of artists that I'll be working with on the extra series stuff is uh, JD Simo and Sarah Lipstate. Oh yeah, if you're familiar with those yeah. guys. Yeah, uh, Sarah's in Iggy's band. It's, she's a just a, a great uh, a great player and, and just a wonderful person. And uh, JD, you know, we all know. We all know JD. He's he is an American badass, and uh, and so I've uh, he commissioned me to design something for him last year, and so it's uh, so those two will round out the collection, and I'll probably start. You know, I'm building a new website. Uh, you know, that'll that'll be a lot easier to kind of uh, go through all this stuff and right. highlight the different artists and videos and all that kind of stuff. So do you think uh, there'll be a, like a, I don't want to say a consumer level, but, uh, because I, I think that that has baggage, that word has baggage, but you know, you're talking about building something for premier premier players. Will, will the sum of those guitars, do you think that'll yield something for, uh, the non-premier player that people can can people can buy in the future. 
Yeah. Um, I started this thing called the DT series on leaving Los Angeles. And it started with the, the Echo Squire and the Echo Caster, uh, kind of variants of the Clarence model. Um, more kind of stripped down kind of player versions. The only difference between uh, them and the, the, you know, the, the handmade stuff is that the bodies are CNC made. Everything else is handmade. I'm still using lacquer. You know, there's, there's, there's a bit of a price difference between the, the two lines, but you can, you can get those right now. I mean, the Echo Squire, are, um, yeah, the Echo Squire is like uh, 1400 bucks, you know, um, I, I don't know if there's uh, an American guitar manufactured by hand with lacquer and, and boutique pickups and all that stuff that's 1400 bucks anywhere. So, um, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's tons of import stuff, but, but this is all, you know, kind of from here and it's still got and all the same. you can only get those on your website, right? Or, or directly from yeah. you, right? Yeah, those are, those are direct only, yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Don't go looking yeah, at Guitar Center for those, everybody. <laughs> no, no, the, I, uh, you know, not again, not to not knocking, you know, commercial uh, avenues of acquiring your goods, but I, I tend to be like, I like to go direct to the source when I'm getting anything, honestly, and and there's a safety in that, and there's also, you know, there's also, uh, you know, it's special to me, it is. so I kind of. Want to extend that to, to other people. But, you know, again, some, some consumers just are consumers and they just don't understand that. And that, that's okay too, you know, but I've always made custom stuff. We've always prided ourselves on being a small team that crafts, you know, uh, highly you know, sought after stuff. And, and, uh, and, and we're really proud of it. So yeah, yeah that, that whole, yeah, the DT series, those are available on, on the website. There's about five different models. They range starting at 1400 bucks, and I think they top out with all the options. And because there's a lot of options, you can get, you know, different, there's different wood options, different pickup options, different, you know, probably more options there, there should be for a standardized guitar that I tried to do, but I just couldn't see uh, offering an instrument without having some variant in options and so i wound up uh, they're probably the most customizable uh, uh uh standard guitar available i'd say probably out there but um yeah um and yeah, you, you get yourself to, an echo park guitar that that doesn't suck there you go not at all yeah no that's a good thing well gabriel we're just thrilled to death that you uh you know uh took even more time out of your life to share it with us and uh, our listeners. Um, uh, it's always great talking with you and uh, I am, you know, we are huge fans of yours and are always eager to see whatever you got cooking, uh, in your, in your shop. So, um, thanks a lot for doing that with us and make sure hey, everybody, we, you know, we're going to hit this again later, but make sure you go check out echo park, especially the Instagram. Echo Park Guitars Instagram is is great. That's where you just you know bring bring a napkin a napkin to wipe the drool off your face too. Um, so <laughs> we're uh, I think wait Jared is that you? Yeah, it is. I'm here, and uh, ladies Jared. and gentlemen, it is time for that favorite little 
ditty that I sing, and it goes like this. Would you rather... Delicious. So you're walking down... (laughs) Yeah, I knew you couldn't do that in a full breath. (laughs) In, In Transylvania. And you happen to... Uh, come upon the castle of De- Dr. Frankenstein and uh, good old Dr. Frankenstein is having a yard sale. So, Ooh. so you're like, ah, what the heck? So you walk up and you see two old dirty wood boxes that are sealed shut and you ask to buy one of them. But you know, Dr. Frankenstein says you can, you can open them both, but you must buy one of the boxes or else. Oh, so, this is Would creepy. you right? So this is scary and weird, and it's Doctor Frankenstein. You don't know what he's got in the boxes or what he's done to the objects in the boxes. Something terrible and horrible for sure. So you definitely want to open one of them. In box one, it contains a vintage blonde Telecaster. Oh, with a Gretsch white falcon neck and headstock. Okay, or box two. That's got a vintage Gretsch white falcon body. And guess what it has for a neck? A Telecaster neck. This is, this is terrible. This is this is hideous. He it's, did the old switcheroo. It's heinous. It's a crime right. against guitardom. It's very Halloweenish. Uh, oh. Well, uh, this is as scary as this is. We have to. We do have to choose. Um, let's see. Let's go, uh, Gabriel. Of those two hideous, horrible abominations, which would you choose? Oh, I choose the first one. Oh, the Telecaster yeah. body with the with the uh, the Gretsch neck, Gretsch White Falcon neck. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, you know. Yeah, I do know. They, I mean, why not? <laughs> I, I like. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's all good. You know, whatever, whatever inspires you. You know. Yeah. Well, this inspired Doctor Frankenstein to do something crazy. Uh, yeah, I like. I like the one where, like, um, well, never mind. It doesn't matter. Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> well. You chose wisely for yourself, Jared. How about you? You? I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna go with the box number two, yeah. which is two, which contains a vintage Gretsch White Falcon body with a Telecaster neck. Because you know that's that's not gonna look as awkward as the other one. With the other one's got the long what? neck. The other one ha- will have the long neck. The scales like, are the same. Well, the scales are the same, but. <laughs> The heel is a lot different because you've got a you've got a big giant body, right? Yeah. So you got that big neck heel, you know, versus a a little like insert Telecaster because one's a uh, you know one's a bolt-on neck, which is a Telecaster. The other one, you know, that's a set neck. Yes. So, but he sorted all that out. Oh, of course he did. And his but I in his sorted details. I'm gonna you know a Telecaster neck is there's nothing like it. So the Telecaster neck, and you get the, you know, the hollow body body and the, and the cool filter trons and, you know, why the yeah. heck not? That's yeah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I think, I think a good old Tony Baloney would choose that one too. You think so? I think he, I think I, I think he would because, you know, the body with the electronics and yeah. 
I I think he'd go for that. Hmm. I don't know. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with. Uh, I think I'm going to choose number one as well. I think it would be it would be less weird to play, and huh. um, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's what I'm that's what I'm going to do because. Um, while that headstock will be and 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 neck and everything is might look a little weird, I think it would still feel really solid. Um, the the bigger body with the little tiny headstock, I think it would just weird me out. So check this out. Check this out. There are old like '60s and '70s Fender acoustics yep. with with that with that like Stratocaster, you know, with a Stratocaster headstock. Sure. Yeah, actually, it, uh, looks, it looks weird. Uh, Mark, our friend, has one of those. Oh, kind of weird. Uh, anyways, well, that was a freaky, freaky thing that uh, Dark Frankenstein did with those two guitars. Um, but uh, we're we're happy that we got something to take home from that experience. So, um, we're going to we need to thank a few people really quick, Gabriel, um, and then we'll. Uh, we'll see you through the outdoor if you can hang on a second. Um, yeah, Jared. Yes, this you is know, where Tony typically jumps in and uh, steals the show and doesn't does. give the mic back. And I'm going to steal it right now and let everybody know that if you really like the show and you want to support the show, um, we have you know, an, uh, some really nice gift packs that we like to give to our patrons. So go head over to uh patreon.com uh, forward slash the, the, is it guitar knobs or the, the guitar knobs? The, I've heard it a million times, the guitar knobs. So <laughs> patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. That's right. Uh, and uh, feel free to do whatever you think you want to give and whatever you think we deserve, or, you know, we would love to have you a part of our family. We, we give out, gift packs uh like you know shirts buttons keychains barefoot uh, buttons stickers all sorts of fun stuff it's awesome pedalboard flashlights and giveaways we do a lot of giveaways so yes we do like pedals and and pickups coming up here so let me uh let me go down this beautiful long list of our executive producers uh-huh. that well, well they, jared jared what happens they, what happens well, yeah you you get to have your name read on the thing good it's so weird not being prompted by tony <laughs> you well we did it we didn't forget i was i was like a i, I almost got stuck you know <laughs> like broken but uh yeah let me read uh the executive producers they they give a little more and, and we send out a little more some something for them. And, and I'm going to let you know who they are. Uh, Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pentington, Richard Kendall, Levi Main, Ty Harmon, John Williams, Michael 
Delucio. 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 And our new executive producer, John Jackson. That's right. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Is there more, Jared? Absolutely. There's one more little special level. And these guys are the top tier givers. And they are highly appreciated. Uh, They love being in the family. We... We talk to these guys, and they wear a fez, a guitar knobs fez, and I believe they wear them while listening to the podcast. That is required. They are our grand poobahs. Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. S. Tommy Manasco, Mark Garten. Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Zach Melton, and Tim Nowak. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes. We love you. Thank you all so very much. <laughs> uh, you keep our show going, heart and soul of our show. Uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and you know what else is the heart and soul of our show is our guests. And we were just, we love having Gabriel on the show. We love talking to him and we love his guitars. And his amps yep. and his pedals. Gabriel, where can people get stuff from you or check you out? Yes. Uh, EchoParkGuitars.com. And uh, I, my Instagram is uh, EchoParkGuitars on Instagram. Um, we are going to be livening up our YouTube channel here shortly. So look for, look for content there. Um, as well, uh, there's some other new things happening, which I can't really talk about right now, but awesome. Uh, they will be happening soon. And that's okay. all I can say. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Jared. Cool. So if you need some awesome pit guards, go see good old Tony Baloney, Tony Dudzik, uh, pit guardian. Um, and uh, he is an awesome pickard guy. That's the best I can do, Tony. Sorry. Uh, if you need, <laughs> no, seriously, he is. Uh, if you need pickups, go to brandonwallandpickups.com. And uh, there's lots of cool stuff on my website to look at. I have some limited edition type stuff for all the awesome cork sniffing vintage nerds out there that I love and I love to build for, actually. And um, rewinds are $30 a coil. Uh, Get a hold of me. I'm easy to get a hold of. Yeah. All right. Well, if you've seen Jared, that's not exactly what you would first come to mind. But uh. um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I that was just kind of funny in my head. I just, anyways. Uh, so for me, uh, you can send me a, an email, Todd at the guitarnobs.com. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm always active there. Shoot us a note. Send us your would you rather, like that little fantastic Frankenstein jibobber that we just came up with. Uh, Love it. And then uh, also check us out on YouTube. I also want to say I'm going to be trying to do some more of the, uh, specifically the pedal demo stuff. Um, I've I've gotten uh, quite a few awesome pedals through the through the doors and want to share some of that out. So I'm going to be working on getting some of that content for everybody. In the meantime, Gabriel Curry, thank you so much for spending this much time with us. It's an honor and a privilege. And I thank you very, very much for allowing me to babble on and, and babble on. 
<laughs> you hey, bet, man. You bet. It's um, a good time. At some point in time, we're going to come up and, and uh, hang out at the shop with you and, and come see you and Eric. But uh, Yeah, we'll see the shop. Much obliged. Always, man. No, man, you guys are always welcome any, awesome. any, any, any time, you know. Thank you, sir. We're, here. we're actually going to be moving the shop towards the end of November into the cold season downtown in Milwaukee Junction. We've just got a 10,000 square foot unit down there that we'll oh, be wow. uh, that, that's all? taking over. So, <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. So, that's all we need. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, all right, everybody. Uh, Tony Baloney, wherever you are, hope you're doing well. We miss you. We'll have you on the next show. Have a great Guitar Week, everybody, and subscribe! Yeah. 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 Later. I wonder how many days I can go eating the same steak from the same restaurant, cooked the same way. Hello. Hi. There you are. No, it's going to be long and painful. (laughs) Saucy hands. Why? Because I was eating wing. Did I did it? Yay! Yay. (laughs) Introduce. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.